Glory, glory, Sacramento! Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. The 2021 USL season is officially underway, and the boys at the 916 Republic Podcast are here to bring you our hottest takes on the Sacramento Republic Football Club as they hit the road to take on the LA Galaxy 2 in the season opener. Joining me in the studio are two men who are looking to redeem themselves from a rather dismal showing in the 2020 USL season prediction show. Uh, okay. First up, Zach Winnick, how are we doing tonight? You know, I, I'm doing well, and I think my predictions, you know, were a bit ridiculous, Pathetic. but also a bit interesting, yeah. you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a half profit, half crazy person. After you know, watching last year's predictions. At least your okay. predictions had the possibility to be right or wrong. Mine just like, yeah, they are like undetermined. So I'm like, COVID took them out. I'm really no, no, like zero for zero. Y'all are one for two. Yeah. And I'm, I'm starting like, with a clean slate. I'm like, uh, I'm like half of one for two. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second though. We will. We will. But I'm doing good. Uh, also joining me in the studio and on the quest for redemption is a man who's Beard is red and is now a father. <laughs> Every time, dude. He's the ginger dad. <laughs> Scott, how are we doing this evening? <laughs> Do I have nothing else to offer <laughs> this relationship? He's the ginger dad. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm okay. good. Feeling okay. good. Nolan, Nolan feeling super. Nolan, your homework for this week is figure out figure another out. attribute of Scott you can bring up in the intro. Okay. He wears hats a lot. Yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> That's only because my hair is long. Yeah, his hair is long. <laughs> I've tried for the past like four days to get a haircut, and I just haven't had the Let's time. See, but then it just comes back to your hair. You're, oh my goodness, there's nothing. Ah, I can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, get to know. Get to know you're doing well. Ginger yeah, dad. Um, it's ginger dad. Yeah. <laughs> ginger dad hat. Right, I'll come up with something more creative next week. I promise. She's gonna, gonna be like ginger dad hat. You know who else has to come up with something creative to do now? Who's that? It's the Oakland Roots. Oh, mm. wah, wah, wah. do you know why? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> because rather unceremoniously, they have parted ways with their head coach. Uh, it's like D- Dario Pot. Dario Pot. Yes. One um, week one, before the, one season, week before the season starts, which is always a good sign. Oh yeah. Uh, there was no excuse given. I mean, I, we didn't really reach out to anyone. Uh, I, nobody would really tell us, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but I believe the technical director and former Sac Republic uh, Academy coach, Jordan, Jordan Farrell, who we actually uh, uh, met a little bit uh, during this preseason, uh-huh. um, seems like a nice guy. Yeah. He's going to be taking over as head coach. And I'm assuming keeping his director, technical director role as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not quite sure if maybe they didn't like what they saw in preseason. I know Sacramento beat them five to one in yeah. the preseason, so uh, maybe there were some not good results. And they also lost to Tacoma and to the Lights. Las they Vegas lost to Tacoma. Yeah. Well, do you know what the score was? No. The, the I don't think those were revealed to the SF Gate, but then uh, they lost five one to the Republic, and then they were up two nil against the Earthquakes, and then capitulated in 20 minutes and gave it gave up three goals. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. For from, from what we saw. Yeah. 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 So feel kind of bad for Dario Pot. He didn't even get Dario. Didn't get, didn't get a chance. But, but I mean, at the same time, like from Jordan Farrell's perspective as the technical director, like if you're like this guy's not like clearly this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't. He did. He's not doing enough now. All the pressure is on Jordan Farrell though. He he basically in this action has said, assuming it was his decision because he's he's technical director, uh-huh. um, that. The team that he has put together as the technical director, as the person in charge of bringing players in, which I assume is his job, mm-hmm. that it's not the player's fault, it's the coach's fault. So if things now don't go 
if things don't get better, I would say. That's on him. Uh, it's on him. So Like two-part. Yeah. As the coach and the technical director. Exactly. It's on him. All exactly. Of it. Now, the other hand, this is basically a brand new team, right? They didn't bring a lot of guys over from their NISA days. Um, they have young guys there from that are from Oakland. So I don't think the club's ambition is to be, you know, title contenders first year. Yeah. But I think this, yeah, when you're losing to Tacoma, to Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see where they fall in our in our preview. Yeah. Um and ma- Nolan, make sure you actually put them in your in the table. Did you put them in the I did. You did. did not. You did not. Yeah. I did not. Cuz I, I saw there was an open spot and I was yeah, like, "Wait." Thank you. Thank okay. You. Uh let me I've got it. Okay, you got it. Yeah. You're going to put it in there? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's basically the news. That's There's the really news. nothing leading uh, up to Zach Steffen yeah. won a cup with City. Manchester oh, yeah, that's City, true. Yeah. That's true. Goalkeeper. Yep. Um, the Super League happened. We missed that oh, news man. cycle. That's oh, fun. Man. Thank God. Doesn't I didn't really have anything to, to do with it. I don't really want to talk yeah. about it either. I, I've gorged myself of Super League podcasts and articles, and it's. If you don't know what our, if we're, you know, if you don't you, know what we're talking if, about, if you, you know don't know what we're talking about. You don't know anything about European soccer. Yeah, basically, or just soccer in general, I most had, likely. Yeah, I had like people who had no clue about like sports, like yeah. talking to me about yeah. the Super League. It was it was crazy. It was like yeah. a Twitter trend. It w- yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Basically, people with money tried to make more money and it didn't work. But football is for yeah. the fans, except the people with money got what they wanted really under the table because UEFA passed the for- league format they wanted in the first for the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. yeah so which. Show. is essentially like sketch it's essentially it's the super league it's the super <laughs> league light version yeah <laughs> Diet super like league. you still have to earn your way but not really yeah there's like these there's gonna be invitational yeah yeah it's right there's right we were talking about that right there's gonna be like some invitational spots to the champions league no it's it's a at people who didn't qualify from the domestic leagues there's two open spots uh based on your uefa coefficient so this year would that's be, what it is it'd be tottenham and i believe liverpool tottenham and liverpool that are not going to finish in the top four, but would be in the Champions League next year because they're Tottenham and Liverpool, basically. Yep, basically, basically <laughs> um, that's why Liverpool hasn't done so, a dang thing. Yeah, no, they're all I they're all just still that. struggling to breathe because of COVID. I honestly think that's why. Yeah, it's, I know one of our listeners grab. is a Liverpool fan, so I'm sorry we've just dumped your team. But Zach is a fan as well. Oh, so. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. It's just it's just well, weird now that right we've now. successfully not talked about the Super yes, League. Yes, yes, yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. on. Move let's on. move on to a game and a league that is actually going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Some some good news. Some bright so, news. Yeah. yeah, so we are gonna do a recap and a preview kinda all in one. Uh-huh. Um and we're gonna explain why. One, we actually saw a game. We yes. saw a preseason game. We were there in person with other fans. This what? is true. Sac Republic took on Real Monarchs two and they won two zero. Yes, they sir. being Sac Republic. We are going to at the same time, review this. Uh, just know that we're also kind of previewing for the Galaxy 2. We're not quite sure what their lineup's going to look like with with two teams that first game of the season. It's just hard to know who's really in the squad um, and who's going to be with the senior team. It does look like maybe there's a couple more youth players with the Galaxy first team if you just look at their roster, but th- that could just be a beginning of the season thing. We don't know. We don't know if that's going to last. So all we can kind of say about LA Galaxy 2 is we know their formation is probably going to be a general 4-3-3, so keep that in mind as we are talking about this Sac Republic team. Uh, really quick, just so we don't miss it, Friday, 7.30. Not Saturday, yeah. Friday. Yep. Uh, what is it? What month are April we in? 30th. April. I almost said August. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> April 30th. Friday, April 30th, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus yes. or, you know, whatever illegal thing you want to find it on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so, first of all, 
I'm gonna throw it to you, Zach, and just kind of yes, tell me your takeaway from uh, the game really fast. And then uh, Nolan has a note in here about formation change. So yeah. we'll do Zach just general takeaways from this preseason game. Yeah. Nolan will talk about formation change, um, and then we'll maybe just kind of wrap it up and put yeah. a bow on it. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Go. I think big picture stuff. Uh, Mark Briggs came out in our post match press conference and said, "I had you know one of the main things I had." told the boys to do as a goal for this game this last preseason game was get a clean sheet and they're able to do that so i think mark briggs is going to want them to be very defensive first he's going to want them to be very defensively solid two nothing win i thought that they were other than an incredible save by rafa diaz they didn't have a lot of chances and that back line played really well now as the game kind of progressed, I felt like I saw them like kind of come into their own as far as like, hey, we can like we can play in possession. Like we can hold the ball and pass well and link plays up and hold possession. Like the beginning part of the game, first 10, 15 minutes or so, maybe even 20 minutes or so, they struggled in possession. And as the game kind of progressed, they got better in possession, better in possession, and then they were possession possessing the ball really well, creating chances. Um and two goals by Cameron Awasa getting a brace, and and in a in a closed door friendly, um, the 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 team announced on their Instagram that they beat Oakland five one, and Cameron Awasa scored one of those goals. That's three goals in two games for Cameron Awasa. So I think big picture stuff is their team still developing chemistry, but I think we kind of saw some of that come together. That chemistry kind of come together see them kind of, hey, we can play in possession, we can have possession, start to link up play, and Cameron Awasa looks like he's in some good form, shall I say, dare I say, <laughs> Cameron Awasa could be in some good form. And and even like when the ball would come to him, there's several times I turned to Nolan and was like, he would have turned that ball over mm-hmm. when that when a pass came to him or took down a header or whatever. I was like, he would he would have that would have been a turnover last year. He looks good. So th- those are kind of like my big picture things. Absolutely, absolutely. On the like tactics formation side of things at the Republic, there was a formation change yeah. that we saw um, compared to last year. Last year, typically Mark Briggs played a 4-3-3, you know, two center backs, two fullbacks, three midfielders, two wingers, and a, and a forward, a striker. Yeah. Um, this year, or at least this game against the Monarchs, there were three center backs. One of which was not Hayden Sargis, interestingly. It was Andrew wheeler Amanu. Um, but th- three center back um, formation with you know two, wi- two wing backs, uh, three midfielders, and then two forwards, that being Cameron Owasso, the aforementioned, and yep. Carlton Belmar playing a little bit deeper um, off of him. And uh, I liked it. Like, we saw Briggs actually play with this, this, this formation a couple times last year. Like, do you remember... When Ashapon was playing as a wing back, yeah, with, yeah that's uh, right. Yeah, with J- Jordan McCrary mm-hmm. uh, on the other side, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't working. Like Ash just was not getting it. Yeah, there was so much space left in behind him, um, and it just wasn't really helping the team move forward. This looks different. Like this looks promising. This looks like something that could stay, um, and something that could help Sacramento exploit uh, the wide areas um, in both the defensive and the attacking parts of the pitch. So something to look out for against the LA Galaxy too. Um, Scott, yeah, you're the tactics ju- guru genius. <laughs> okay, what true. do you think about this system? Is how much of it is just you know players 
playing in positions we're not used to them and really nothing being that different from last year? How much of it is like, no, we are playing fundamentally a different way? So, okay, I, I think you, you that last part is actually an interesting question. How much of it is playing a fundamentally different way? I think that can be, that, that gets pretty dangerous because really in the modern game of football, uh, you don't you don't allow the formation to dictate uh, your your style of play. Um, only pretty rarely does that happen. Um, you you allow your style of play to determine your formation. So we said last year, going into the beginning of last year, Briggs is going to counter press. This counter press, counter press, counter press. I think we've kind of learned that that's one piece of his style. That's not like the centerpiece. I think last year we were expecting this counter-pressing, uh, like you lose the ball, you press. You lose the ball, you press. Um, that really only happens in the final third. Mm-hmm. That that generally is like we only saw that for part of the game. Um, and I think that that's, that's true, right? We, um, we had this assumption and it was just an overblown assumption. So um, really I think uh, – Briggs's style is a little bit more um, possession-based with a lot of uh, through-the-lines passes, which is something that we said last year, but it didn't quite happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to mix in a little bit of, um, you know, when we're getting pressed, um, we're just going to play it deep. We're just going to shoot shoot the ball deep, dump it over the top. Um, so I, I think the, the idea with Briggs's game is advance the ball from back to front quickly, right? A lot of one touch passing. Um, you're not going to do a lot of, um, you know, rotating the ball from, uh, you know, one side or the other on the back line. It's going to be play the ball forward. And if we lose the ball in the final third, we're going to turn around and counter press. If we lose the ball in the middle third, we're going to run back and get back into our defensive shape yeah. so that we can yeah. set up our our defense and win the ball back. Um, and we're going to, you know, clog the middle and, and push them out wide. So mm. I, I, I think that this system with three center backs allows you to uh, push um, another man forward, right? Instead of, instead of having four defenders, you have – uh, three defenders. So you are able to push another guy forward and that translates to having two center forwards. So um, I think you're going to see a little bit more of a coherency amongst the players. I I think Briggs would prefer to have that 4-3-3 or that 4-2-3-1 as more of like plan B or um, a wrinkle to throw at somebody rather than have it be his main formation. So I think this is probably more how he wants to play mm-hmm. that's just kind of my guess like that's why he makes that's why you make the switch right mm-hmm. like this is this uh is going to work better right? right um so i think in terms of tactics what we saw on saturday um i i mean honestly if we if we would have saw that game like actually in person last season we probably would have said like this is the best Sacramento played last year. Am I wrong? No, I agree. Yeah, with the I exception agree. of maybe that Portland Timbers two game at the very end of the season where yeah. we scored four goals in the first half or whatever. Yeah, like with the exception of that game where Derek Formella just like was like had I'm another score brace, everything. Right? Yeah, 
even that game just feels so because Timbers were or Portland Timbers two were already like zoned out playing half their academy kids. Yeah, Sacramento had the playoffs clinched. Like that wasn't a high stakes game. Even though this was preseason, this was like let's show these guys what we got. Let's like put a marker down for where we want to be going into this 2021 season. Like this, this was a higher stakes game than that game, and the players showed up for it. And I don't know where I was going with that other than to say that it would, this this to me was more impressive even than the Timbers too. Yeah, which is year. which is funny to say but like I I agree with you yeah. and I also think that um this formation allows Sacramento funny enough, well, I I kind of already said it, but it allows them to be um more attacking in the sense that there will be times where your wingbacks which uh were in this game which by the way, I'm pretty sure that this starting 11 that we saw on Saturday will be the starting 11 mm-hmm. for Friday, this coming Friday. Yeah. Um, your wingbacks on the left were Duke Lacroix. Lacroix. We need to determine. Duke, Is it yeah. Lacroix or Lacroix? It's, they said it's not Lacroix. Lacroix. Duke Lacroix. I think that's how they said it in the press, okay. yeah. press conference. I agree. Yeah. Um, so Duke and um, Shannon Gomez on the right. Mm. There will be times where they are playing like true wingers. So you will have three center backs. Uh, like uh, three center midfielders and then four forwards, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it's going to look actually m- more aggressive than even than last season. And I think you're going to see a lot more combination between the two center forwards, Cam and Belmar. Um, and you're, you're going to see one defensive midfielder and then two midfielders ahead of them. So ahead of him. So, I actually think this is going to work better for one the more one-touch passing. It's going to work better if you want to play long over the top. It's going to work better if you need to sit in deep because you have five defenders. Mm-hmm. It's going to work better if you have a lot of possession because you can push those wingbacks forward um, and spread the field out wide, but still have two guys in the box um, with one or two midfielders arriving late in the box. Like it, it just works better for how Briggs wants to play. Yeah. That being said, don't be surprised that we switch back to a four back system at some point in the year, uh, just to switch things up. Or maybe there's an injury at center back and we just physically don't have the players to do it. Yeah. Um, because that, yeah, that's true. one of the, that's one of the thin points yeah. of the squad. Only four of them. Yeah. So, um, it may we, be an Academy kid. I don't think so. No, no. I think there's, there's a fullback Academy kid. Dang. Um, so four. Yeah. So there's, there's Hayden, Tainer, Casey, and, Andrew Wheeler and I guess Andrew Wheeler Omni is now a, a center back as well. And you could play, you could play. Um, Duke Lacroix played left center back last year. Yeah, so how Lacroix, tall is Duke Lacroix? He's not tall. He's like five seven. And he plays center back five eight maybe. But, um, maybe he's like five nine. But still, like as an outside center back, that's I think that's yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. So like you could put him left, and then you kind of put Tanner on the right. So like, stop calling oh. me, please. Oh. This happened um, last hot takes. I know it's true. now a thing. Wow. Oh my goodness. This is uh, crazy. So um, I was just gonna say, if Atayalashi and Luis Felipe could play, you could convert them to center backs. Also, I, I, I think without, you know, completely falling apart defensively. Yeah. But then you give up, you know, defensive solidity in the midfield because um, you're taking them out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So, just a long-winded way of answering your question. I think this formation suits Briggs and the players that we have better than what we had last year. Cool. Excited to see it uh, take shape on Friday at 7.30, April 30th. One last bit uh, to address from the Monarchs game is uh, the 
question mark over Rafa Diaz's fitness yeah. right now because he uh, was coming up big with some major saves yeah. in the first half, and then uh, like around 55 minutes into the se- yeah. in the second half, um, he went down grabbing his like groin hip flexor area. Yeah, yeah, something in there. Off. Um, so hopefully he's back. Some hopefully he's back. Something to look out for. Um, if he's not, you could see Jesus Sanchez, the academy signee, or Tomas Gomez. Yes. Um, really quickly, Zach, do you want to mm-hmm. run through the lineup uh, as you remember it? Oh, we'll just all sure. kind of yeah. chip in, but you'll you'll kind of be the one to tip it off. Um, yeah, the lineup. Yeah, yeah. This pre- uh, what this we saw this past, game. Yeah. So we had um, the back three was uh, Mitchell Tainer, Dan Casey, mm-hmm. and Andrew Wheeler Amenu. AWO, we're just going to call it AWO. Um, Playing center back, it did not skip a beat. I thought he played really well. Mm -hmm. Um, That was that back three. Wing backs were um, Shannon Gomez and Duke Lucroix. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had in the midfield, Alashe, Fatai Alashe, Fatai Alashe, and Peter Penniman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Jaime Villarreal. Jaime. How could I forget Jaime? <laughs> Jaime Villarreal. And then up top we had um, Cameron Awasa and Carlton KB. Belmont. KB. KB. Why was that? How did I forget K- yeah. KB? KB. Carlton Belmar. Who we watched a very funny um, little mic'd up video <laughs> before the game that yep. they played, or in, during halftime. He's a funny guy. Um, so that was that was who up, was up top, He's Cam and, and KB. Hits. So then, so uh, Nolan, a notable name missing from this starting 11 from last year is uh, Formella. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Jordan McCrary. Yes, Jordan McCrary. I mean, Hayden Sargis as well. Yeah. Um, but do, do you think that... Uh, he he comes in. Is he a striker? Yeah. Um, midfield. Like what? What are we thinking? When we saw him come on in the Monarchs game, he played as the second forward because Belmar came off yep. for him, uh, and he actually provided an assist to Cameron Owasa. Yeah, he did. Um, yep. So I, Good cross. I think the, yeah, the role of this second striker, um, it's going to be Cam up top. Like he's going to be the most advanced player in the game. Like that's just going to be his role, um, and either Carlton Belmar or Derek Pamela are going to be asked to do a lot of work dropping deep yeah. and combining with the fullbacks and midfielders to Taking get the ball hits to Cam. And they, yeah. Yeah, they have to be they have to be the bridge between the rest of the team and Cameron Wassa because like Cameron Wassa is good at, at finishing, at, get, at getting the ball Just in the getting in the right spot. Yeah and, yeah, and tapping it in and that's what he did uh, in the game against the Monarchs and that was yeah. that was the difference maker. And so um I think to answer your question, do I think Formella comes into this starting lineup? It's gonna be have it's gonna have to be at the cost of Carlton Belmar, and right now Carlton put in an amazing shift against the Monarchs. Yeah, we have we actually haven't talked about that. Carlton played a great yeah. game. Yeah, he re- he really did. He had the uh, like the pass before he the had assist, the, the hockey yeah. assist. Yeah, which was a nice back heel flick for the first kind goal. of on the sideline, like about to go out of bounds. Yeah, right to Duke. Duke, and then Duke played a, a nice yeah. ball across. Well, Duke just like, had acres of space because Carlton drew. The fullback and the that and a near center, back. center back yeah. in, but uh, out to the wing, out yeah. behind Duke. So Duke just had to run in the space and cross it in. Great uh, cross, to yeah. Cam, who was unmarked because there was no other center back, because because then Duke pulled the other center back and then Cam was just right there one on one with the keeper. Yeah, so and, it was like, and funny enough, like we're talking about this second forward. Um, I think a guy that we were excited about. I, I think Nolan was maybe a little bit more excited about when he signed this offseason was Tucker Bone, and I think yeah. he's honestly like. 
he's third on the depth chart for that second forward position. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I don't I don't see him. He's not playing center forward. He's he could play that second. He could play somewhere in the midfield. So like maybe he's a backup number eight, number ten type I of player. If he plays like wing back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he plays right wing back. Maybe you um, bring him on as a right wing back. Yeah, I'm sure he could play midfield too. Like I think he did that. He he would play as like a left sided midfielder for Reno when they were playing like kind of two forwards. Yeah. Um. And I don't know what he did at the academy at the Air Force Academy. But. I think I'm. I think what I'm. What I was more getting at is like that was a guy that we were marginally excited about. Yeah. Like being a starter on the right wing, and now he's like a backup, and we're like, I'm not quite sure where he plays. Yeah. But. I think he's a quality back. That's kind of more more what I was getting at. Like he's a, he's a quality guy to have off the bench. And, and same with Formella. And there's still Ma- Malik Malik Foster. We haven't e- yeah we haven't, haven't even, seen. even seen Malik Foster yet. So yeah, it's it, honestly it's gonna come down to Cam playing well. And so uh, questions that people might have: uh, Hayden Sargis, we didn't see yeah at all. He wasn't not in even the 18. 18. Same with Jordan McCrary. I'm just gonna assume because they're unreported. Yeah, that there's probably some small knocks or something yeah um because like if there were bigger injuries that like required surgery those were those probably have reported the, the, yeah. those, the, like bigger things get reported um if they if those are bigger injuries i think you'll see those reported like after the first week of the season mm. right like yeah. that's kind of what we yeah. saw yeah. going to last year like we were like where's tomas here at Arce? where's deco keenan where's this guy where's the, like yeah. we were like where are these four guys mm-hmm. and just no nobody told us anything and when we kind of asked around um it was just like a oh yeah like uh you'll find out next week so yeah. um if you don't see them in the lineup don't be shocked but it like if if there was a big injury we probably yeah would have heard about it is and, what I'm and we'll be asking about it yeah in, in post matches but i i think it's fair to like say like see them on the bench yeah. yeah oh yeah definitely yeah like don't don't be surprised I mean, with jordan mccrary i don't know if you see shannon gomez i don't know if you, i mean i don't know man that's that'll be a battle i think that's a battle i think honestly jordan mccrary's probably got a knock and jordan mccrary like in years past jordan mccrary is over shannon gomez we don't even like but shannon think gomez twice about been hurt like he's been with the club hurt longer than he has been healthy yeah yeah he's been hurt you know a lot I, mean? I think there's at least a battle there and I don't know what the I'm not gonna say. Oh yeah, Shannon Gomez won that battle yeah. until well, I know that Jordan McCrary's healthy. Well, like what we were saying was like these wingers, these wingbacks really get forward. Well, Shannon Gomez was a winger to start his career and then moved was back to here? fullback. Yeah, he was. So like, yeah, if you're talking about like a guy that feels more natural going forward, like it's Shannon Gomez. To but be fair, it yeah, wasn't that might Duke. Be true. Didn't we find that out in the press conference too? That Duke played on the wing at some point. Everybody's Duke's played kind of all over the place. Yeah, he he said he started his career. Somebody told us after yeah. that he started his career as a striker. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, I think that that was just to yeah. say, like, don't be surprised. So my only concern going into this LA Galaxy game is we have three center backs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they have three forwards. If they decide to really press us, I was gonna bring this up. Yeah, we might be in some trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. like that's just a formational thing. Like it doesn't that that there's kind of no way around. Like just something to be watching for is if LA Galaxy get behind, especially if they get behind, mm-hmm. um, like look for in the second half at least, look for them to press a bit more. I think that's going to be a common theme with teams that play against Sacramento is the first half uh, teams will be like j- just sitting back, trying to figure it out. 
coaches will figure it out. They'll go into the halftime talks and say, we're going to press. We're going to press their center backs. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we saw the Monarchs do, mm-hmm. right? They sat back a little bit. They were trying to play their game. And then in the halftime talk, I guarantee you their coach said, press them. Yeah. Get, get up and press them a little bit more. And it caused Sacramento some problems. So just look for the Galaxy to do that. And with three center backs with three wingers, that's a man-on-man. It can, it just takes that one mistake to create yep. a turnover and Sacramento's in a bad spot. Yeah. And Rafa Diaz is an incredible shot stopper. I've never been impressed with his ball handling skills. Not necessarily a, like a glaring yeah. weakness, but I've never been... What? He's never like whiffed it into his own goal or whatever. But no, yeah. no, but I've never been impressed, and this is going to require him to to contribute in distribution. Yeah. So that is also something to kind of be watching. So that's a, I think that's a yeah. valid concern. I would say just to like uh, counter the three forwards, three center back concern is that if Sacramento can get through that first press from the Galaxy, then they have numerical advantage in midfield, so it's 5v3. And then, you know, you're through into an attacking phase of the game yeah, with more numbers going well, forward. Well, and so. then I guess to like to oppose that, Sacramento has two forwards and the Galaxy have two center backs as well. Yeah. So if Sacramento want to press with the fullbacks up a little bit, Sacramento can get their wings back, wing backs up to match the Galaxy fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, it can, it can work the other way too. Right. So, I guess you could say the opposite for Sacramento. If the Galaxy get up early, look for Sacramento to maybe, with Cameron and Belmar, press the center backs a little bit more in the second half. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't. I don't know much. How much more of a tactical analysis? Yeah, yeah. I think. No, I think we're good there. Let's get we're to excited. the predictions. Yeah, let's get to the prediction. So uh, we're gonna start with our table predictions. This mm-hmm. isn't something we normally do. We normally try to just be like, look, it's it's so hard to do, but. Uh, with this being um, just like half of the Western Conference this year with only eight teams in the table, uh, we thought it would be maybe a bit more uh, helpful this year to kind of illustrate how we're feeling going into the season. So we'll start with Zach uh-huh. doing his table predictions. And these are similar, um, but uh, but we're all, we, we kind of have some things moved around a little bit. So mm-hmm. Zach, go, go ahead and give us your table prediction and then kind of explain yeah. Why you have Sacramento, okay. the place that you have them. Okay, I will... I'll, I'll do... All right, so I'll explain it. And I kind of have like a three-tier system here. So this is kind of like from top to bottom. These are my predictions. Number one, Phoenix. No surprise. Number two, Sacramento. Number three, San Diego. Four, OC. Five, Los Dos. Six, Tacoma. Seven, Vegas. Eight, Oakland. So... There's kind of like three tiers that I see this in. Phoenix is in a tier by themselves. Phoenix is tier one. The second tier is Sacramento, San Diego, Orange County, LA. That those four teams, I think, are going to be very tight this year. Those are those are three. Those are four teams that have made improvements, have raised the bar in the division, are not as good as Phoenix, but are definitely contenders this year. I think Sacramento. I just have I've really liked what I've seen so far. I'm a Sacramento fan. I'm gonna put him second, um, and I don't think any anybody here in this room is gonna be mad about that. I think that makes yeah. you know. That's, I don't think that's too far fetched, um, but that's that kind of second tier that that those four teams, and then the third tier is Tacoma, Las Vegas, Oakland. Uh, those three teams. I don't. I think Tacoma probably this year maybe be, is a little bit better. I think Oakland is just 
not looking good right now. <laughs> and Vegas never looks good. So that's that kind of third tier. Tacoma, Las Vegas, Oakland. Um, and that's that's my uh, my table prediction. All right, Nolan, go ahead and give us your uh, table prediction. Well, uh, how about you do that, Scott? Because I just realized I put Orange County in my table twice. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I did that. So give me a sec. <laughs> okay, I'll do He's mine. got to rearrange things. So I have uh, Phoenix, San Diego, Sacramento, Orange County, LA Galaxy 2, Tacoma, Oakland, and then Vegas being the basement dwellers this year. So uh, I... I Agree with Zach that Phoenix is definitely uh, going to be number one, but I, I I think San Diego is is in the tier with them. Okay. Um, oh wow. Okay. I I just think that their one area of weakness last year was goal scoring, and they went out and got Adam John, and yeah, then true. they got Andre or not Andre Blake. They got um, Jack Blake to to play in yeah. center midfield, and uh, I think that's Orange County. Mm, I don't think so. Adam John. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Um, Corey Herzog, there you go. Yeah, Corey Herzog. Corey yeah. Um, and then they got Jack, and then they uh, signed a, a very good center back from from Pittsburgh. So, like they they made all of the right moves basically that they could have. Uh, so I I just don't see how they're not pushing Phoenix at the very least okay. pushing Phoenix. Um, and then with Orange County in fourth, that's really like okay, you've got Adam John, but you lo- you lost Aiden Quinn, and I don't. I don't think they made like a to like Phoenix. Yes. Uh I don't think they made a like for like replacement and I I don't think people really understand how big of a hole that is. Um and then the Galaxy 2 are right there. So Sacramento, um Orange County and the Galaxy 2 are kind of that next tier for me. Um and one of them is going to miss out on the playoffs. I and if you notice I have Sacramento, Orange County and the Galaxy 2 in that same tier. I think the LA is definitely the bottom of that tier, but I could definitely see LA and Orange County being in and Sacramento getting out. I could see um, Sacramento and LA being in and Orange County getting out. So um, one of those three teams is, are going to miss the playoffs. And I think that's really due to this Pacific division being probably the toughest division in the league. And I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, if you just look across like top 10 predictions for the league, Phoenix, San Diego, Sacramento, and Orange County are all in there. Mm. I and I don't. I, I just I just don't think you know LA Galaxy is that far off from uh, or where Orange County and Sacramento are. If things shake out in their favor, right? You, right? They could have like one or two injuries to key guys, and like that pretty much ends it. And I don't. And that's not even like with their their team. That could be one or two injuries with the first team and then they lose somebody right they lose their best player so um that's how i see that happening and then i have tacoma oakland and vegas six seven and eight um vegas don't have 11 players signed to their team (laughs) and i trust that the players that they're getting from lafc will be good but i don't know if that'll be enough like i they (laughs) like i just don't i don't have a team right now basically i just don't see how uh, like they're not even bringing anyone back from last year like this is literally all new players and i think that they're going to be that bad they're going to struggle so much at the beginning of the season combined with roster uh schedule congestion that they just won't really compete and again like if they have a couple injuries so like guys signed to their team 
like LAFC can only send out so many players. You know what I mean? So I'm sure they'll sign more, but like they really haven't yet. So I just think they're there at the bottom. Oakland losing their coach, that doesn't give me much confidence. They're I think they'll be probably right above Vegas. And in this weird tier by themselves, I think is Tacoma. That's going to be not as good as LA Galaxy 2, but probably clearly a step above Oakland and Vegas, in my opinion. So oh my gosh. that is my Dang. life. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. So that's kind of my table. Nolan, your turn. Okay, I will run through this real quick. I have two points, and then we will get to our pre- our preseason predictions. Yes. My table, one through four, the playoff spot. Phoenix at number one. Orange County, number two. Number three, Sacramento Republic FC. All number right. four, San Diego Loyal. In fifth, just missing the playoffs, are the LA Galaxy 2. In sixth, the Oakland Roots. I just... I got to believe they're going to do something this season. Uh, in seventh, I have Tacoma. And in eighth, I have Las Vegas. Again, a team that does not have 11 players. I cannot put <laughs> much confidence in. My two points are, one, LA Galaxy 2. I think we might be giving them a little too much credit. The only reason they made the playoffs last year is because San Diego decided to forfeit like four games. Well, and Orange County just like <clears throat> capitulated at the end of the season. Right. Like the last month, they just were bad, which is why I have them below Sacramento. Sacramento, right. The reason I have, or so that's my first point. I think LA Galaxy, yeah, they're going to be better than the other two teams, but they're not going to be, you know, running down to the wire on the playoff race. I think the playoffs are pretty set. It's going to be one of these four teams that it's going to be these four teams, and the, the only thing to determine is the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I put Orange County second and above Sacramento and San Diego is because I think I have a little bit of bias because I previewed them and I got really hot on the players that they signed this year. Um, yeah. I could see them going lower because they did miss out on the playoffs last year to the LA Galaxy 2. I just don't think that's going to happen again. That is my table prediction. Awesome. So if uh, if we had to say like there's a, like an upset team, right? Like somebody that – like there's a sleeper team. There you go. If, if, if we had to say like, oh, watch this team, like they could actually sneakily be good. What do we think that team is, Zach? And uh, give us your, your argument for it. Well, I think it's – I mean – it's okay. Well, it's not Phoenix, not Sacramento, it's, it's not San Diego. They're not sleepers. I don't even. I, I like, guess like a maybe, team that we have out of the playoffs that could jump into the playoffs. I think it's probably Tacoma. Yeah, I, I have, think. Yeah. I think as far as a sleeper goes, I, I think it's probably Tacoma. I, we've we saw them, we saw them get better at the end of last season, and they were also in a really tough division last season. I mean, we talked about that. I remember talking about that last year. It's like. Hey, but like, put them in a normal, yeah, not you know, regular season schedule, playing all the teams in the league. Like, where do they finish then? Mm-hmm. I think they finish better. So I think if there's any sleeper teams in this, it's probably Tacoma for me. Mm-hmm. The Tacoma Middle Schoolers. So then Nolan, kind of the opposite question: team in the top four that you could easily see, not easily see, but you could see drop out. I don't like San Diego. I. I don't know why. I don't have a principled reason for that. I think that Corey Herzog is a good player. And it sounds like they signed a center back from Pittsburgh. But I don't know. They just get, I think they get a little too much respect because they're coached by Landon Donovan. TBH. Okay. So okay. I, could, I, could see <laughs> the, I could see them being the ones that get pipped. Like they, they have a lot of momentum, but it only takes, you know, a run of six games that go bad at the beginning of the season for things to fall apart. So, so you're really thinking like, if, at the beginning of the season last year, like they couldn't score. You're yeah. thinking like that's going to be I like their problem. They yeah. drew a lot. Yeah, they drew like nil nil one yeah. one. <laughs> so you, you really think like 
I think San Diego could have problems. Okay. Yeah. I what see about, that. What about you, Scott? What's what's maybe your sleeper team slash? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to agree with Zach. Like Tacoma is the one for me. Again, like Oakland and Vegas, I just have like no faith in. No, me no, too. Again, not that they're bad. Just like it's it it just hasn't come together for them yet. Right. Right. And it'll it'll happen halfway through the season, uh, probably. But uh, in terms of team that could drop out, it's really between Sacramento and Orange County for me. Um, I I just look at the signings for each team and I say like, okay, which team really got better than the like got significantly better than the other? Um, I think Adam John was a big upgrade for them. Yeah. But then they have a big loss. Sacramento, there there were no big losses. Like yeah, Drew Skundrick, but I think that the yeah. additions of Fatia Lache, uh Felipe Louise and uh Pete Peniman, like yeah. I, I, if I'm Luis honest, Felipe. Isn't it Luis Felipe? Or is it Felipe Luis? Felipe, no, Luis Felipe is the center back for like in Europe for like a okay, decade. Never mind. Yeah, Felipe Luis. Luis, Luis Felipe. Felipe. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm right. Luis yeah, Felipe. you're right, Zach. That's okay. what I said, right? No, you said Felipe Luis. Oh, my bad. No, you're I don't good. know who that is. I mean, that I could, be, that that could be a guy, too. So, yeah, anyway, it keep, probably is. Keep going. Uh, that guy. Um, <laughs> so, w- with those additions, like, I think we not only uh, cover the Skundrick loss, but that those players are going to be better than Row Row Rose for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we still have Jaime Villarreal. So, I think we have legitimately four good central midfielders add in Mario Pinegos. Like, okay, we're good in the center midfield, which last year we were kind of weak at, um, this year or last year we had trouble scoring. We, we were, um, like, okay, who it's not cam. It's not Carlton. Like, who's it going to be? Well, it was Formella. Well, now Formella's on the bench. And it, just from the little bit that we saw, the little bit that we've talked to people, it looks like cam's got it back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if cam gets it back and, um, Zach has a prediction about him uh-huh. and, uh, Honestly, I, I I think if Cam gets back to that place, plus Carlton, like even if he just continues his his uh, uh, his his run from last year, I think he ended, um, you know, when he kind of took over that that starting spot, he had a goal and four assists, mm-hmm. um, and he really should have had like two goals, three assists. Like if he continues that, plus Cam gets better, I don't see how we how we have scoring problems, um, and I think we can. I, I think with Jaime and Pete, I think we have goals coming from the midfield. And honestly, with the two fullbacks that we have, uh, wingbacks, I think we have goals from the wingbacks too. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's it's going to be predictions fun as well. to be a wingback on this team this year. Yeah. Like last year, it was a bit like, who scores? This year, I think it's uh, like, which one of our threats is scoring? Yeah. You know, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so I, I that's why I have Sacramento above Orange County. So I could see Orange County dropping out. Definitely. Well, that has whetted my appetite for our <laughs> predictions, our substantive predictions Yes. for the 2021 season. Uh, real quick, last year, Scott went back and listened to our Hot Takes episode. Uh, and yeah. it was a little all over the place. We'll be honest. Yeah, a little bit. Scott, we had you predicting that Roro will miss six games and Panagos will score off the bench. Roro definitely missed six games. Yeah, and he did. Panagos right? definitely scored off the bench. Did he start that game? He did not. No, he the, came, the, came off the bench, bench. scored. Well, I had, that he, I had that he scores a game winner off the bench. Okay, okay. So it was close. I'll give Pretty it much. to you. Almost scored the game winner. You get that one. I think you get that one. I, I, yeah, I'll I give it so. to you. We didn't yeah, even know about Julian Chavez at that point, I don't think. No, yeah, we didn't. And he's the one that scored that game winner. Yeah. For the 
people who were not aware around last year. Yeah. Uh, you also predicted that Matt Mahoney, Villian Bijev, and Drew Skundrick will shine this year in 2020. I'd say that was one out of three. It's like one and a half, one and out, and a half, of half three. out of three. Bijev yeah. kind of had his moments. But he, he took his step in so, the right direction. So what I said was like, I so this was again, this was before we really knew who the starting uh, center backs were. So I thought Matt Mahoney would be like the part-time starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought he was like, you know, going to play fullback and stuff, but he really didn't. He just played center back. Yeah. Uh, he did have a run there where he was a starter and I he was okay with the ball, which is what I, I like. I said like he's gonna be good with the ball, and he would be like fine defensively. He was good with the ball and like kind of bad defensively, and that's why he didn't keep starting. So right. I don't give that one to me. Bijev, no, other yeah. than like the like the preseason game and the first game of the season, and then like the yeah. last game last of the season, game of season, it was nothing. I take like he just really yeah. pooped. Yeah, like he was given oh, multiple right. chances and didn't happen. Yeah. Drew really for me was the only one. Yeah, that Drew, I think Drew played well. Played well. So I'll give like. I got one and a third. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll give you that. <laughs> Zach. Zach had had some interesting takes as well. He had. Yeah. His first hot take was that Hayden Sargis will be an established starter. Okay. And will become one of the best center backs in the league. Eh. That's a little subjective. Like, what does best? Yeah, center back yeah. Mean? Which but I didn't hit. I would say I did not. I, hit I think on. you got yeah. half. I think you I got, got half. I got half that. Yeah. But I, I think that was a bold prediction. Like saying, yeah. Hayden's, like at that point, there was Thomas Hilliard to Arce. Yeah, he was not a starter when I said it. Like he was, he was just signed to his pro contract. Yeah, that's all we had. Well, and I think like that's the idea of these predictions. Like they're supposed to be specific. Like they're supposed to be like very tangible. Like did this happen? Yes or no? And this was maybe. This was a maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This was a half. Yeah. The second, your second prediction, Zach, was definitely a no. It was specific. Uh, You can say that. It was specific. It was numerical. You had Sam Warner. Scoring more than ten goals and leading the team in assists last year. Yeah, yeah <laughs> who is Sam was, Warner? That was a yeah. What does he do I now? Think a, I think he's a businessman. I think in he's San Francisco a, he works at like some okay. firm doing. He's a hipster businessman in yeah, San in San Francisco. Selling tacos or something. Like selling that. tacos. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I just I just I'm still following him on Instagram. He's like always at these cool restaurants and. <laughs> so naturally, like he he must fun. be selling he tacos. I don't know. Definitely <laughs> a hipster. Yeah, and definitely not playing soccer. I think anymore. he scored no. a goal. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. And I think he, he maybe had, like had like two assists. Two maybe. I think it was. Yeah. We, we, might, we might even be generous. It was just. Yeah. It was just. He was retiring. Just didn't come off. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's move on. And no, then no, no, I. Nolan. We have Wait. to. We have to. That's talk what about I'm Nolan. talking about. Uh, I say let's go to Nolan. In my predictions, I predicted that Thomas and Volson will not celebrate if he scored against Sacramento. Thomas and Volson spent all of 2020 in Denmark, where yep. he lived. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that did not happen. Um, so that of, that's like a that's like, like not available. And that's yeah. an NA. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he like was not with Orange County last year. Yeah, he was supposed to be, but he's he's basically a new signing for them this year. Yeah, like that's another reason I kind of had them highly rated in my table prediction. Not Dang. to go back to that. I totally forgot about them. Yeah, hmm. um, I think he'll do it. He won't celebrate if he scores this year in Sacramento. So, oh, so maybe, this is like, this is like a like a, re- a repeat. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I can revive yeah. this. I, I, yeah, I feel like that's you, okay. You get a COVID mulligan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my second prediction was that halfway through the season, Sacramento will bring in a defensive midfielder uh, as a depth option because Sacramento, like in a non-COVID season, usually makes a mid-season or a couple of mid-season signings. Um, Sacramento did make a end-of-season signing in Frankie Lopez, but that's just because they were not scoring goals, um, and. Yes, I think I, I didn't get that. We needed a defensive midfielder. Okay, like sure you didn't get it, but like I kind of think like you get like a third because okay. in the offseason they clearly addressed the need yeah. at D mid. 
right? You kept uh, Andrew Wheeler Amanu, yeah. D-mid, and you brought in two D-mids in Luis Felipe right, and Fataya Lache. Yep. So from my perspective, it was probably going to happen if Cam scores or right. if Belmar scores. So like it, it's not like the essence of your prediction was that this was an area of need that needed to be addressed and was going to be addressed partway through the season assuming everything else goes well right yeah so i kind of like i give you like a third of a, yeah. of a star okay you yeah. know so yeah. actually i i get a third the zach gets one and a half no one no, one 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 out of one two. and scott gets one in a third yeah yeah okay Scott Zach big Nolan, winner in that order. Scott Scott a big winner. Let's see if we can shake things up. Going ginger into Dad hat, big winner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ginger yeah, yeah. Dad, <laughs> Ginger uh, Dad, big winner. Well, so here look, we'll start with Zach, then we'll go yes, to sir. then we'll go to uh, Nolan, and then we'll end with me. All right, sounds and, good. Uh, so Jack, give us your first very specific pre- prediction. Number one, my very specific prediction is as we have alluded to earlier, Cameron Owasa will score at least twelve goals this season. Whoa. Cameron Wasa last year struggled mightily. Cam could not. Cam was just, it was a mental thing. Honestly, I think it was a big mental thing. Um, and he he came in. Uh, not only did he score two goals, not only has he scored three goals in two games, preseason games, mm-hmm. he looks great. He's handling the ball well. He was flying around the pitch. Like, he was flying around the pitch for the whole game mm-hmm. on on uh, Saturday, Cam's never been somebody that's like the the oh when you when you think of our team like oh yeah he's the high motor like he's the marathon runner it's never been Cam you don't really need that in a striker but with this kind of system I think that having somebody like Cam pressing a lot is going to be something Mark wants a lot and it's going to cause problems a lot and if he's back in form and can just do what he does which is tap things in mm-hmm. I think he's He's going to have at least 12 goals this year. So that's my first prediction. I think that's kind of, if I'm being honest, like that's kind of weak though. Like in full seasons past, he scored 17 goals. So like I get like he was bad, but like saying, saying he scores five less goals than what he normally does. Yeah, but uh, okay. Well, to be fair, I think there's a a lot more congested schedule this year. I don't know that we'll see him start as, I think we'll see a lot of rotation up top. Yeah. Okay. Between Formella, Belmont. So, like, as is Tucker twelve Bone. goals like yeah. the leading scorer on the team? Yeah, I think so. I think twelve goals leads the team. Is it the only person in double digits? Um, uh, yeah, I think probably. Yeah, I think you'll have some highs like maybe sevens, eights, nines. But I don't know that you'll see anybody else in double digits. It's not going to be Carlton Belmar. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to hit ten. It's not going to be Formella if he's coming off the bench. If Formel is coming off the bench and scores eight goals this year, that'd be amazing. It's not going to be Tucker Bone. It's not going to be, but I think you're going to see contri- contributions from um, Duke Lacroix, as we talked about, from Shannon Gomez. Peter Peniman could come in and have six goals this year. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jaime he- comes in and has four or five goals this year. That'd be great. You know yeah. what I mean? I think we're going to see a lot of goals from a lot of different people this year. I don't think that we'll see anybody in double digits. So, okay, so there's an additional prediction. We won't see anybody in double digits other than Cam, and he'll have at least 12 goals. And I think the essence of your prediction is Cam finds the fire again. Yeah, Cam finds the fire this again. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, that's not the fire. I think that's, that's a good... I think that's the fire. Mm, I don't... A high teens is is elite USL striker. Yeah, that's, that's just okay, not... Okay, but, like, 
the player to not be named because of events that happened last year for Phoenix scored 14 in like 15 games. Yeah, but yeah, but that's like an that's like, like they, an anomaly. Yeah, but I mean, not really. Like uh, Cameron I don't Lannister, think, I don't Cameron think, Lancaster, like three years ago, scored twenty five. I don't think Cameron Awasa is going to be one of the best strikers in the league. But what I'm saying is, like, you have half of what those guys like. He's you have like Cameron Awasa scores at half the rate of like elite strikers. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. like. I get that. Like, yes, that's like four times as many goals as he scored last year. Yeah, but he only played like eight games. So, yeah, if you started eight games, right? So, like, if you do, if you multiply that times three, like he was on pace for nine goals. So, like, you're just upping it by like three is basically what I'm saying. Okay, I mean, in my head, I think the what I was thinking when I was like, what will I take the over under? Like, what's the number I'll take like an over under on? So, like eleven and so if you have twelve and a half, you're taking the under. Like, well, I'm just thinking, like, no, like, if he has 12 goals, I'd take the over on. If Cam has 12, does Cam have 12 goals this year? I would take the over. I'd be like, yeah, he scores more than 12 goals this year. So that's kind of what I was thinking is like, at least 12 goals this year. So I think he's in the teens. Okay. But like, I don't think it's like, I do think it's low teens, but I still think that's, that's really good for this team. So then I don't think he needs to be any better than that. Does he score 14 or more? I don't. I don't we're know. We're gonna we're gonna have to move on, or else we're. We're we're, we're, we're yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's. I think that's a lot of goals for given the like. So you're saying like formation of this team. I don't think that you need Cam scoring. I don't think you need that one striker being like, oh, this is our goal scorer because you're gonna get it from the fullbacks. You're gonna get it from midfielders. You're gonna Carlton's gonna contribute some goals. Like, I don't think that you need that like one guy to be like this is the you know. We have an 18 goal score here, and then the rest is like lower. You know what I mean? Like the rest of the team is a lot lower than that. Like I think there's gonna be a lot of guys that like have seven, eight, nine goals this year. Yeah. So you don't need Cam to be that like top goal scorer. So if he scores 12, 13 goals, like that's good. That's that's, and I think that shows that he's got the fire back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go for it, Nolan. I think we got to focus on the number. Like he scores goals. I think yeah, that's he's got the, the fire back. He's yeah. got the fire back. Okay, three center back. Oh, sorry, I I almost read your second prediction. Zach, bring <laughs> us your second prediction. <laughs> My are, are we just gonna go like Zach reads his two, Nolan reads his two? Maybe we should do that. Yeah, I think. We okay, should. yeah, just sure. Just or go how about it. you read? Let's do that. Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, let's just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for uh, it. Uh, so my second prediction is that this year the three center back formation the three center back back line struggles against top teams early in the season but pulls it together and is strong at the end of the season so chemistry is really important in in a three center back kind of formation and these guys don't have that yet they don't have that chemistry these are guys that have ones from Ireland you know and the other two have not played with the this is all new players no chemistry but I trust the talent and the veteran maturity of Dan Casey, Mitchell Tainer, and Andrew Willier Amenu to develop chemistry and become a really solid foundation for this new system. So beginning of the season, three center back pairing struggles. End of the season, it's a strong point in the roster. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. I have nothing to add. I agree. I, th- I think yeah, I agree as well. That's my prediction. I predict that. Uh I have a prediction. I have two predictions. And as I was scrolling down on our show notes to mine, I realized that one of mine 
is similar to Scott's. So I'm Uh-oh. just gonna I'm just gonna jump in with you, Scott. When you oh, say yours. is it a Dan Casey one? No, <gasps> no, it's it has to do with your first point. So I'll just I'll I'll I'll, I'll, re- I'll give you my two predictions. First, any time Sacramento plays the Oakland Roots this year will be a good time. It will be pure 100 percent entertainment. Like. <laughs> That's just my prediction. Like, it's going to be fun. They are a fun club. They're owned by Marshawn Lynch. Part on, yeah. <laughs> they are the most colorful like logo <laughs> in the USL. It's a cool logo. They're in Oakland, man. Like That's going to be fun. And that's going to be fun to go to games there. A lot of goals against them. Yeah. They just fired their coach a season before, <laughs> like a week before the season started. That's just going to be fun. That's my prediction. <laughs> I feel there's an essence of fun for Sacramento fans. Oh, yeah. And oh, not yeah. fun for Oakland fans. Oh, definitely. I mean, and but if they play, they play them four times in the season, like, there's going to be a fluky game where Oakland has a good showing and like then they have some crap to talk with Sacramento fans and like it's going to be a fun rivalry. Can I so, be can okay. I be honest though? Like I genuinely and this is like going to sound weird as a Sacramento fan, but I'm excited to have someone that's close by yeah. that we're playing regularly that has a legitimate shot of us beating them and them beating us. Like yeah. the whole San Jose thing, like yeah. we were probably never going to beat San Jose. Yeah. Reno, yeah, they were closer, but like over a mountain range and yeah. <laughs> i mean that's like a two hour two and a half hour drive yeah. like it's solid sacramento two, to yeah, oakland is like, like an hour 15 yeah you know for for us it's like 30 minutes yeah. 40 minutes yeah. like it's very close for us like this i think for us honestly like this is probably going to be more fun for people that live more closer to the bay area than for people that live like truly in sacramento yeah right because like we like when we like are like oh what are we doing this weekend what are we doing for fun like we legitimately are like, do we go to the Bay? Do we go to SAC? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I'm excited for that too. I am too. I, I think, yeah, it's going to be fun. My second prediction is that Dan Casey, yes, the center back from Northern Ireland, steps up and scores a worldie of a free kick <laughs> by sneaking it <laughs> under the wall. Uh. And he wears the captain's armband at some point during the season. The okay. man. Yeah. He's mm. young, <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's cheeky. How like, young is he? He's 23. Wow, yeah, really? Was, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I thought he was like twenty-five. I know he plays he, like a veteran. He looks he he looks mature. like a man. The man tucks his shirt. Oh, in he's a tucker before the start of every half. He does like, the tuckle. He is he is a professional through and through. <laughs> if there's someone you need, if Pete goes down or Cam goes down, and someone needs to wear the armband, it's Dan Casey. It's Dan Casey. But wow. more importantly, he scores a worldly free kick going under the wall. Oh yes. Okay. He tried it Schnicky. against the Monarchs. It didn't quite come off. Schnicky, but it Schnicky. will it will one day. Okay. If you're if you're a set piece analyst for some Pacific division watch team, out. Yeah. Watch out for Big yeah. Dan Casey. Okay. I'll I'll buy that. Okay. Um okay, my two are someone from Sacramento Republic will be given a straight red mm. card. Mm. Due to a petty incident after a oh, hard that's tackle. That's a great prediction. And this, oh boy, it's going to be fun. That's a great prediction. The, and as part of my Oakland prediction, I had, and I'm predicting that there will be a home game fight this year and there will be red cards. So very similar yeah, to yeah, what yeah, you yeah. just okay, said. Okay. Yeah. So I think from what we've seen from our uh, the just preseason conversations and game that we watched, this team this year feels slightly different. Mm. There's a little bit more, I think, competition, right? Um, <laughs> kind of what Zach was saying with Sam Werner yeah. as to why like Sam didn't have as good of a season. He knew he was retiring. Yeah. Same with um, Tomas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think Drew leaving. knew he was leaving. He was going to go be with his wife. Like I don't, I don't like discredit him. Like that was a great move for his family. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that there were just like, there were people that we expected to be massive impact players that just were checked out. Yeah. Um, now Drew still played well, but I, I, I don't see that with this team this year. There's a little bit more of a bite to them. There's yeah. a little bit more of, I'm, I'm know I'm being brought in to win right now and to compete right now and to show the academy kids or guys that were with the academy that are now on first team contracts what it means to be a professional, right? You have uh, this guy, Pete Peniman, that has played a long time in Scandinavia and then like a couple months in Indonesia, Mo- Indonesia, Malaysia, wherever yeah. it was. Um, and then I think that was a COVID thing, right? And then, yeah. um, you know, is now here. He's 30. He's I, he, he doesn't come here if he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to win, right? Yeah. I don't have much time. time left to play. I, I want to win. And he was winning in Finland. Yeah, he was. So yeah. um, he's probably coming here expecting to win. Same with Fatai Laja. He just won a World, a World Cup, <laughs> a uh, MLS Cup with the Columbus crew. Like, yep. yeah, he was the depth piece, but uh, you had to think, like, he's thinking. Next to his uh, name. He's an MLS, <laughs> MLS champion. He doesn't move down a league. Uh, yeah, just cause. Yeah, just cause. Like there were, there there had to be suitors, right? Um, so he came here thinking like to win. I want to play and yeah. I want to win. I'm at the stage in my career where I want to play and I want to win. Same with uh, Felipe Luis. Luis Felipe. Luis Felipe. Luis. Felipe. Are you sure? Luis Felipe. That's yeah, what transfer Luis mark Felipe. has. It's yeah. Luis Felipe. Yeah. Okay, Luis Felipe. Like yep. probably something similar with him. Like I'm at the stage of my career where I want to play and I want to win. Uh, you know, just just go go across. Every single acquisition, this transfer window, with the exception of Huaregi, who mm-hmm. was an academy guy that was signed to a contract, that that was just a smart move, right? Like he's a young yeah. guy that you're, uh, that that looks promising, right? Everyone else is in this stage where they're saying, "I want to get paid well. I want to play. I want to win." Yeah, that, definitely. That's different from last year. So yeah. I just think that there's a bite to this team. They want to they want to win. They have to be competing in game, out of game for playing time. They have to show Briggs and the coaching staff that they are ready to go. Mm. And I think one of the reason one of the ways you do that is not to back down from confrontation on the field, right? We've never seen Mitchell Tanner do that. You're not going to see Dan Casey do that. You're not going to see uh, any of the guys in the midfield do that. You're not going to see uh Belmar or Cam do that. You're not going to see uh, veterans like Lacroix do that. You're not going to see, like, you're just not going to see anybody from the starting 11, anyone hoping to get into the starting. I mean, Derek Formella, like, Dude, we got to see Derek Formella yeah. up close and personal. The guy plays with fire, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, you're just not going to see that. So I think that, especially with a guy like Tainer, especially with um, uh, more veteran players that know how to get under skin, you're going to see people just get ticked off at Sacramento. And someone is going to do something, someone's going to say something to a Sacramento player, and they're going to react. And I think whether deserved or not deserved, they're getting a straight red. Mm. That's going to happen probably at least once this season. And I don't think that would be a bad thing. I think that would be a character-building, chemistry-building, yeah, yeah, team-defining event. It might not go well on the day, but overall, I think. Well, and I I think you're right that, like, it's not a bad uh, thought to think that that's going to come maybe against Oakland. Yeah. Like we, I, I already get the sense that something's brewing there. Like mm-hmm. Sacramento has had this with San Jose where it was like, okay, we have to prove that like we're like MLS ready. Well then 
San Jose puts like a two team or whatever in Reno or, or takes that over, right? And you you're you're proving like okay now now there's this other team locally and we have to like do something to like <laughs> make it feel like it's a it's a rivalry when like Sacramento and Reno like they're not no there's no history there between those two cities right mm-hmm. well now this is a legitimate NorCal in league rivalry ri- like not I don't want to call it a rivalry right now but like yeah, it's brewing. it has I, the I, potential uh, to be. yeah just like the idea of like uh, Sacramento farmland people oakland like bay area yeah city people city people like i think that there's always been this tension Mm -hmm. there um between sacramento this small city that nobody thinks about and like oakland bay area like the place you want to be right or the place that other pro teams flee yeah (laughs) (laughs) so true anyway that's that's my uh, my first one and my second one is our wingbacks will score and assist more than our midfielders this season leading to one of our wingbacks earning a best 11 selection at the end of the Whoa. year. So as we kind of said, like the wingbacks are going to be really high and I think they're going to be involved in a lot of attacking stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and I think because they get so high, there's going to be one or two midfielders that need to stay deeper, maybe just one, but that limits opportunities for midfielders to score and assist. I think teams are going to want to clog the middle against Sacramento because they have two forwards. So they're thinking True. if we can take away the middle, that takes away the two forwards. Well, if you take away the middle, that gives Sacramento's wingbacks the opportunity to advance. And you have really good passing center backs on the sides there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's kind of my prediction. I'm not going to say who it's going to be because uh, we've seen Shannon Gomez get hurt. Um, Jordan McCurry did play a lot last year. He mm-hmm. could get hurt. Duke Lacroix is not uh, the youngest player. He's not old, but he's not the youngest player. He could get hurt. So I'm not going to say who it is. Um, and, you know, this is probably the one that I'll be wrong on. Maybe I won't, but it's probably the <laughs> one I'll be wrong on just because uh, you need one person to really stand out above the rest. However, when people vote for things like best 11, they just basically go to who scored the most goals? That guy. I'll mm-hmm. select him, right? It's not a lot of like defensive stuff. Yeah. Um, so if a guy like Shannon Gomez can score like five goals from wingback, but he's listed as a defender, he'll get selected, oh, yeah. right? Or he'll be on the second team or something like that. So I, I, I see this as a possibility. And if Cam and Carlton are uh, dangerous enough that they draw enough attention, then they'll have the space. Or if they're good enough uh, passing, they'll create chances for our wingbacks. Those are my yeah. two. I and, like vi- it. and I think finally, like just closing thought, like vice versa, those wingbacks could take attention off of those two mm-hmm. forwards up top as well. So if you have two wingbacks that are just, just starting the season off hot and they're mm-hmm. just creating, you know, a lot of tension for themselves, it's going to open up things for Cam and Carlton. So it's a, it's a formation I'm excited about. Oh, yeah. We could get scored on a lot, but it's a formation yeah. I'm excited about. We'll, we'll, we, see. We, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe not. The only team I hope they not. really leaked goals against in preseason was San Jose. Yeah. The Monarchs scored well, two. Well, I, I think. Real Salt Lake scored two on him. Oh, Real Real Oakland got one on, one, on him. And they kept a clean sheet. Okay. Recently. Yeah. yeah. So it's coming together. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I don't maybe. know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Let's but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Friday, 7.30 p.m., LA Galaxy 2 host Sacramento Republic. I'll be honest. I'm less excited about this Sac LA air quotes rivalry or whatever, just because Oakland's here. Yeah. Yeah, same. You know, yeah, it's, it's never really been a, I, well, a couple yeah. years ago. And by the way, bit, Phoenix, San Diego, 
ESPN two, I believe, on Friday as well. So really? if uh, you know, if you have a little bit of extra time, just go ahead and flip over to I think it's ESPN two. So and watch okay. that. That's gonna be cool. Interesting. So yeah. all right. Any other uh, thoughts? Not ad reads, not no. I love this game. Okay. I don't have that. No? no. Okay. Zach, any any <laughs> anything else? <laughs> I, I, no, I think we're good. It. You're gonna hold it. Okay. Well, we have to play our little song here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm it's not gonna I'm not gonna ruin the song. Okay. I like the song. All okay. right. Well, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, as always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.